thank you for that. You know, I think all of us could sing that with sincerity, right? And uh, just love that song, and it's just such a great truth. I love that anyone, in whatever age you're at, you can sing that with all truthfulness. And um, as they were singing that, our little one behind us was singing along. And I love that. I love that our kids can sing praise. I love that we can sing praise. And then I love that it, God is worthy of that praise. And uh, I want to uh, give you a message this morning just from Psalm 146. And we'll be looking at different places of Scripture. So if you've got your copy of the Word of God handy, that'll be great. If you don't have a Bible, um, just raise your hand. We'd love to give you a copy of that, and um, you can keep that uh, with you. But uh, Psalm 146, we, we read there a couple of verses about our God. And this morning, if you look around, uh, you are reminded again and, uh, about our theme for the year is to look to God. And it's, it's appropriate, I think, as we look at the different situations of life that we are reminded that ultimately if we want to uh, see uh, see ourselves come through some of those uh, situations that the, the best thing we can do is to look to God. But you can't help but, uh, but think about God when you, when you look to Him, about His many different attributes. And one of the great pursuits of life is to pursue God, to understand Him more, to get to know His nature, His character. And that's why we have the Word of God, and that's why we can uh, get into God's Word and see His mind and His pattern and and what we find about God is that He is absolutely an amazing God. Would that be right, church? Amen. See, the Bible declares for us the many truths about God. We know that God is holy. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.16, Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. We know that God is a just God. We know that God is a righteous God. We know that God is sovereign. In Revelation 19.6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of great multitude and as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And so we know that God is powerful. We know that God is ever-present. And whenever we, we find ourselves and wherever we find ourselves, we understand that God is present there. And I'm thankful for that. We know that God is love. In 1 John 4, 8, He that loveth knoweth not, he that loveth not knoweth not God. Why? For God is love. He's not just characterized by God is love. God is also merciful. God is kind. God is gracious. And we can go on and on this morning about how great our God is. And we could go through the day and we could go through the week and we could go through each moment and we will never exhaust all that God is. And yet, sometimes there's things about God that we self-as that we for granted each day. There's things that God describes Himself as that we may not see as, as, uh, as significant as some of the ones that we've just read, and yet it's, it's ever, ever truthful of Him in our, each and every moment of our day. And I want to bring that to you this morning, and I think that if we think about it, this characteristic of God is one that will bring us great comfort this morning. And in this psalm that we just read, we're reminded once again of a great truth that all of us in, in many points of our lives, not just some points of our lives, have, have drawn to, have needed. And if it's not something that we are mindful of today, then I'm sure there's going to be a moment in your life, maybe in the next week or so, 
where you're going to need to call out in this way. And you already know it, but it's just the thought of this, God our help. God our help. You know, when we, when we think about our lives, there's many times where we've needed help, hasn't there been? And maybe there's been times where you've been faced with a situation that you don't quite understand and you, you, you look at maybe a, a health crisis in your life or some sort of circumstance that it really was not your doing, it just so happened to be. And what do we do often when we are in those situations? We find ourselves feeling helpless and therefore needing help. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation before. I don't know if you can think back to a, maybe a memory or a time in your life where it seemed to be so dire and so, uh, it's so helpless, and yet you knew that even in those times when you couldn't find help from elsewhere, you could truly find help in your God. You know, recently, as, as you all know, we've uh, had a bit of a health scare in, in the family, and my sister Irene, she got diagnosed with cancer late last year, just before Christmas, and We've asked the church to pray, and you know, as an older brother, I've always uh, been tasked to look after my younger siblings, and doubly so when I have three younger sisters and being the only boy, right? And I felt always sense a responsibility there, uh, so often in my life. And you know, one of the things, if uh, growing up, if I wasn't the cause of it, one of the things that I was very familiar with was my sisters' cry, all of them, their cry for help. And uh, I know often that there are situations where I could attend to it, and even times when, you know, kids were picking on my, my sisters out in the, in the backyard, I would come running out and, you know, rescue them. That was, I felt like that was my responsibility, right? I felt like, well, you know, I'm the older brother, I'm going to take care of, you know, whoever's picking on my younger siblings, and, you know, there were times where I could stand up for them, and, and yet in that moment when we heard that news about Irene... Even though I had experience and even though it was my heart to help, I knew there was nothing I could do. I knew that within me, in my own resource, in my own even intention and desire, there was nothing I could do. And there's times in our lives where we go through things ourselves or others who we care about, and we just can't do anything. We have no ability to help. And it's those times that even though we can look around and even though we can hope to, to, to find someone that can come to the rescue, I want to remind you that even if there's no one that we can think of, even if there's no ability in our own strength, in our own resources to do anything about it, I want to remind you this morning that we have a God who is our help. We have a God who is able we have a God who, in, in all of eternity, in all of history, in all of that, has never felt this. He's actually never felt helpless. There's been times where he's had to feel the wrath of his own, of his own father. There's been times where he's felt in that moment on the cross as the Lord Jesus, when he felt like the, the father turned his back on him. But our almighty God is the God who is our help. And I want to remind you of that this, this morning. And, and when we face trouble, we can call for help. You know, as, as, a, as a dad now, there's times where our, our kids ask for every little thing, don't they? There's things we know they can do themselves, but we know that as little as they are and as, as, 
uh, as they don't have the ability perhaps or don't ha even have the, uh, the, the know-how to do that, we have to come to their help at times. And, you know, I don't think there's any parent who in the middle of the night when there's a storm happening and, and uh, the, the thunder and the lightning is going around and the, 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 the rain is beating down on the house, I don't think there's any parent out here who would, when they call, when they hear a child call out for help in that moment, they're in immediate action mode, right? Maybe we're, even we're so tired, we would go and, but we would admit that there's times where the cries for help, when, especially when we know they can help themselves, where we get a little bit annoyed, right? Let's have a bit of a balance here <laughs> this morning. But you know, we have a God who, however many times we ask for help, he's not going to tire of that. That's part of his nature. The Bible tells us that, that in Psalm 146, he compares it, he says in verse 3, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. But then in verse 4, he says, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. You know, one of the characteristics of God is this, that he is our help. You know, in times past, when you think about that, that, that phrase, the help, that's not a, a very attractive title. It's not something that, you know, historically we look at and we go, oh, that's the help. Oftentimes in times past, it was those who, in the, the servants of the household, they didn't even have the ability to even have a meal with the, the, the very family that they're serving. And we see all of that and we, we understand that in, in human nature, the, the, the thing of a servant or someone who is a help isn't often something that we glorify, something that we hold to high esteem. We don't until we need it, by the way. And, and yet we see that God himself, he titles himself as our help. He is our help. And I want to bring that out to you. You know, when we as his children cry out for help, the one who hears us the clearest isn't just anyone out there. It's the very uh, heavenly father that we claim as our own. And I appreciate that about our, our God. Let's be encouraged today that God is our help. And I want to bring you a couple of, uh, couple of thoughts here this morning as we think about that. And, and I want to start here with this, just the reason for our help. You know, the, the fact that when we ask for help, it's because we have a need. And the reason for our help is, is this, because really at the end of it, we are times, we are at times helpless. In Psalm 22 verse 11, the Bible tells us, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. You know, the, the, you ever felt like the person who said, I'm not looking for trouble, but trouble's looking out for me. <laughs> you know, you, sometimes we don't mean to find trouble in our lives. Sometimes we're just going along merrily in, in, in just the day-to-day, -day, you could call it the grind even. And in all of that, you're just trying to live life and then suddenly things happen things we'd never anticipate, things that we would never in our wildest imaginations would, we would be going through. And sometimes we're that way. We're just not looking for trouble, but tr trouble comes looking for us. And, and we know that because that's life. You know, the Bible tells us that, that man is born unto trouble. That as we go through life, that's just the circumstances of life sometimes. And that, that even when it comes to situations of great need... Even the lost world, what do they do? They suddenly believe in God, don't they? Suddenly there's a, there's a need for someone to rescue them. 
And, and even those who claim to put their, their trust in other things. And there's a contrast there that we were given in Psalm 146 about putting our trust in princes or, or the Son of Man, which is just mankind, where it says, in whom there is no help. And we're glad for the help that others can bring at times. We're glad that there's, there's things that sometimes we, we, can, we can put our trust upon and when we, can, uh, we ask for help, there's a, somewhat a, a bit of help there, but there's times where there's just nothing. And even those things that we can put our trust in, you know, we live in a day that, that science is held up as some sort of standard of, of truth. We live in a day where, where if the science backs it up, then it's got to be true. And yet what we know is that science can let us down. Science can be, can be misconstrued. It could be used for a certain agenda. And there was a, there's a fellow by the name of George Bernard Shaw who probably at some point in his uh, life was renowned as the greatest free thinker and liberal philosopher of his day. And in his last writings, he, he, we read this, the science to which I pinned my faith is bankrupt. Its councils, which should have established the millennium, led instead directly to the suicide of Europe. I believed them once. In their name, I helped to destroy the faith of millions of worshippers in the temples of a thousand creeds, and now they look at me and witness the great tragedy of an atheist who has lost his faith. And nobody talks so constantly about God as those who insist that there is no God. <laughs> and even those that would claim that science has, dis- has proven that there's no God, and those who go about and, and would really, in all essence, put greater faith in those sorts of sources... I want to tell you, there's some that, that, that will come to a conclusion even now, and certainly in future times, they will come to the conclusion that there was no help in that. We're limited. And the reason, the reason for help is this, it's, it's because we need help. It's the simple fact that we're prone to trouble. It's a simple fact that we're, we're limited in our understanding. It's a simple fact that we're limited in our resources to be able to truly solve our own problems. And it's the simple fact that even eternity, when we're faced with the reality of our own sin, we understand that even in that we cannot save ourselves. And what I'm trying to say to you this morning is that the reason for our help is because we do need help. Because we're prone to that, prone to the limitations of life, we're prone to trouble. And trouble can come, come from our own doing or from others' doings or, or, or even an allowance that's been given in our lives for His purpose. And, and in all of that, you know, the, the reality is, and, and this is just the truth, where we, have a, we just have an ability to fail. You know, sometimes we, we, we do all of the planning, we prepare, and, and yet just one little detail can cause it all to fail. You know, I'm not the type, when, when we like to go on holiday, I'm not the type to, uh, to plan every single detail. I have friends who do that. Any, anyone like that? They just need to have every detail of their holiday. I, I want to break from schedule when I'm on holiday. But there are those who just, just want to plan everything. And, and they're, they're right to the time, uh, the length of time they're going to spend on having a coffee. You know, they allot themselves seven and a half minutes. And in seven and a half minutes, we're just going to go... And, you know, I often like to watch all of those things unravel. I'm a sadist that way. But, you know, I love seeing, sitting there and it's like, look at their plan go. Look, oh, the barista made the wrong coffee. Ha, 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 ha. 
And you know what that is? It's just, it's just affirmation that even the best of men who have the best of intentions, who have the best of preparations, who have the best of planning, even they're prone to failure because of one detail out of their control. <laughs> and all of us here were prone to that. You know, even the wisest man to have ever lived, he, he said some things. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And look at verse 9. We'll read down to the end of the chapter. Notice his conclusions here. This is Solomon, the, the wisest man to ever live. He got, gave him, God gave him some wisdom that was beyond human understanding. God gave him some insight into life. And yet, by the end of it, this is his, his learning. The thing that hath been. It is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, this is new? It hath been already for all time which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. It says, I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom Concerning all things that are done under the heaven, this sore travail hath God given to the sons of men, man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I commune with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. You know, it's sobering, isn't it, that this man who actually God who so, so blessed with great wisdom and beyond that had great riches even. If there was any man who I would say could never feel, feel helpless because he had the resources available in his hand, I, I think it would be Solomon. But even Solomon says, you know, it's all vanity. <laughs> even Solomon in the conclusion, this is really towards the end of his life, he just had this understanding, there's nothing new. Everyone goes through it. There was no, there was no, no joy in that. He, he re- recognized that even in those things that he sought, there was just great vanity. And we understand that later on he concludes the end of the matter. Fear God is what he says. And he understood that life without God under the sun is all vain. And I will tell you that's still true today. Life without God under the sun is still vain. It's still empty. And what he's trying to demonstrate and what I'm trying to tell you is that we, we all have, we have a propensity for failure. There's just all of that that we can go ahead and do all of the, and maybe even have great resources in hand, and we still have a penchant for failure. And what I'm saying is we're plainly limited. We're just limited. In Psalm 39, 5, Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man... At his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Says pause. Think about that. He's saying the best state. You think about 
the best time in your life. Maybe at your, your peak physical prowess. Maybe when nothing, nothing had, has, has tainted you yet. And you can think about that peak in your life and maybe that peak is still to come for some. But maybe you can remember that and you can recognize that even then you didn't know everything. There was things you still didn't understand. There were still some maybe things around that you could not solve. And what it is, is you're limited. I'm limited. And the reason we need help is because we have limitations. The reason we have to come for, for times where we ask God to just be our help is plainly because this, we cannot at times help ourselves. And so we see the reason for our help, but then we are thankful that we have the resource of our help. Because in Psalm 146, we again make that contrast there in verse 3 and 5, where he says, don't put your trust in certain things in whom there is no help. But he's saying, happy is he, the God of Jacob, for his help. And so there is a resource for help. And, and, and it's this, it's about understanding that there are times that we do need God. You know, what we tend to do is because we're human beings and in, even in our own limitation, we tend to, un, to then go to things that we, we see. See, we are prone to live by sight. That is our nature. We, we pr are prone to try to solve it in our own way. And, and even though it's plain and clear that we need help, we sometimes turn to the wrong source for help. You know, I may have told this story before, but uh, one afternoon I had a, had a flash of inspiration in Sydney. It was a really warm afternoon, and uh, over in Sydney we have this thing called daylight savings, all right? And, and the night, uh, the day goes longer. There's daylight up until 8.30, sometimes 9 o'clock on the top of summer. And it was in summer. It was really a, a warm afternoon. And I just thought, hey, it would be a great time for our young adults to hang out at the beach. So, you know, I sent a, I sent a, a group text around saying, hey, guys, what are, uh, if anyone's free, we're going to go to Manly Beach this afternoon. We're going to play some volleyball there on the sand and, and just hang out and have some ice cream and just... You sort of play around, and I had no intentions of swimming. I just wanted to hang around there, maybe splash about a little bit. But a couple of young adults, about 20 young adults, came along that afternoon, and we were having a great time. Uh, my wife and I, we, I think we just had Vicky at that time, and so we were, you know, holding her, passing her around, really, this is what happened, and, and we were just sitting there and, and just having a great time. And then Azariah comes running over to me, and she goes, I think someone's... I think someone's uh, drowning. And I'm going, well, what's going on? And it had, had turned a little bit dark, so I couldn't really see. I'm, I'm already short-sighted, and back then I didn't wear contacts, so I, was, I didn't have my glasses on because I was at the beach. And she came running to me, and she said, I think, you know, so-and-so is drowning out there. And, and as, I, as I look, I could faintly see a little hand up in the air. And, and it was fair enough, one of our group didn't tell anyone, but he had gone out and he got caught in a rip. And so he was out there and, you know what, I've, all, I've confessed this before and I'll confess it again, I am not a strong swimmer, all right? If, 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 if we have any youth activities and it's swimming, I won't be heading that up, I'll tell you now. But I, I immediately at that point started to run to the Surf Life Saving uh, Club I was hoping there was some, some off-duty 
um, surf lifesavers. But thankfully, I looked out and there were some longboarders out there and had rescued him and come back. And afterwards, I was talking to him and, and a bit upset that he hadn't tell, told anyone. But obviously, you're not going to tell someone off who just nearly drowned, all right? So that's, that's just, just poor timing. But I sort of just was asking him, well, what happened? And he said, actually, I called out to you first. And I said, me? And he goes, yeah, I, I knew that you wouldn't come out here and drown yourself because I knew you couldn't swim, all right? And he was looking at the wrong resource. I had no idea what I was going to do. And sometimes we're like that. We're, life's drowning us already. And you know what we do? Instead of looking for the one who can help, we look for others to help us. We look for other resources. We look for other means. We start to look other ways and we maybe some... Uh, some, uh, some, uh, some financial storms or some family storms and we try to work our way through that and, and whilst there are some things in the power of our hands to do, there's a great deal that is not. And we have a great resource. And I'm saying that I'm glad this morning that our God is our God who is our help. And He's able as our God, not, not only is He a willing help, He's an able help. And you know, there's, there's many who perhaps have a willingness to help, but just don't have the ability to do so. I want to tell you that God is never that way. He has the, he's not only willing, He's also able to do. In Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that He should lie. Neither son of man that He should repent, hath He said, and shall He not do, or hath He spoken, and shall He not make it good? And I want to remind you this morning of the available resource to our, to, to our need and the resource of our help is, the, is God Himself. And I want to remind you that firstly, He's a powerful resource. Look at Psalm 121. Look at Psalm 121. And notice the first few verses here of this great psalm. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be removed he that keepeth thee will not slumber. You know, sometimes you, you need someone's help and you know, you, you're thinking, well, they're able and, and they're just not available though. You know, I had, a, had a, one of our young men there in Sydney who, he was a great help to me and he, he for a little while, was just a, an armor bearer. And as a, as a, you know, young man myself in the ministry, this, this other young man who was, a couple of years younger than me, he just made it his business to always be a help to me. And he was going through and he was doing uni at the time and he had a particular assignment that required a couple of guys to just go out with him to a field. And what he was doing, he was doing a graphic design course and he needed just some help. Now this is a man, a young man who just was always available, always willing to help. And that particular night, well, I think we had a family thing and and I was, by the time he had called me, it was late. I wasn't available. Then he called around, and none of his friends were available. It was just too late notice. And whilst there was a willingness, there was just no ability. And sadly for that young man, um, that night he just, he got so discouraged that no one else wanted to help him, that actually that was the thing that tripped him up, and he turned his back on God for a little while. And what I'm saying is sometimes there is a willingness to help, but there may, may not be the ability to. And yet what we find about our God, He's a powerful resource. In fact, 
He doesn't slumber. In fact, he won't suffer our, our fate to be moved. In fact, if we just look up to him, he says he'll come. I picture the times where the, those disciples would get in the boat and the storm would come. I picture that time where Simon Peter, in, in great faith, stepped out of the boat and started walking. And yet when he noticed the waves were buffeting, and noticed all of that, and he started to drown, and immediately he called out. And I picture the great power of God's hand, the Savior, pick him up. I want to tell you that there's many times where we just are looking for reprieve, and we might even ask someone for help, and they may not be able. But I want to tell you that we have a God who we can trust, who we can continually go to, and His, his power is never abated. He's always available. He's always one that, you know, if, you, if you're in the most dire or the most, the most simple, he can come. And he's able to, in his way and in his own power, do that. He's a powerful resource. And our God is not limited in his ability to help. But, you know, he's also a specific resource. Look at Psalm 146 again, back in our text chapter this morning. And, and notice as the, the verses continue in verse 6. Reminds him which made heaven and earth, the sea and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners, the Lord openeth the eyes of the blind, the Lord raiseth them that are bowed down, the Lord loveth the righteous, the Lord preserveth the strangers, he relieveth the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. You know what he's doing? He's solving the, the very nature of the issue. You know, sometimes we can, can offer help, but it's, it may not be the specific need. You know, sometimes someone will ask, well, do you have any sugar? And we only have salt. You know, sometimes someone will say, hey, can you help me in this area? It's not an area of expertise. You know, you, you don't go to someone when you need mechanical help. You can't really go to someone who has no experience in that. But God, he's never, never in that way where he feels like he's out of his depth. He, he solves exactly, and in fact, he even highlights the real problem. Sometimes we come to him with a specific request for help, but actually that's not what we need. He'll clarify and he'll correct. And he does that. Why? Because he's not only a powerful resource, he's a, he's a specific resource. He knows. In Luke chapter 11, verses 10 to 13, that great chapter on, the, on prayer, he says here, For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And he's using these, these almost ridiculous responses to illustrate that sometimes we don't even know how to respond. We don't even know, we can't even offer the exact answer to the request and he says this in, in verse 13, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them but ask Him? So he's going to give you a specific answer. He's going to give you a specific, a meet, uh, to meet, specific thing to meet that need. And God meets us at our very point of need. He knows the exact specific help we need. You know, there's been many times in... In the last many months and the last many years that there's just been days that I've been seeking for an answer and, 
and I've told you this before, I'm just a person that is in the habit of reading through his Bible regularly. I'm not the type that just has no schedule about that. I just have a schedule and I try to keep it. But I'll tell you what, how, how, how unbelievable it's been that there's been many times where I've needed God the most for a specific answer to a, a conundrum, a specific answer to a trial, a specific answer to a challenge, that the very chapter and the very verses that was scheduled, predetermined for that day was the very chapter I should have been in. And I wouldn't have been there apart from the fact that I was just happened to be reading there. And you know, if we seek God, He will come to you. Why? Because God is our help. He knows how to, how to meet our need. And, and He's an available resource. He, God's, God's help is available in different forms, and certainly He can use people. Sometimes it's just a good Samaritan that we need who will just come by. I was telling this to, uh, the other day to someone. We, were, uh, you know, we, we had moved uh, a huge number of times. And uh, when I was younger, we moved from place to place. And in one particular one, we were moving from sort of the, the western, the inner west of Sydney, a little bit there, in the southwest. And we were moving right out west to, uh, to the Blacktown area. And we had, my dad owned a Toyota Light Ace. All right, that was, we had that van for years and years. And we packed that van with all of the stuff that we could pack, and it was, it was packed to the brim, I'll tell you what. And we had, we had just managed to shut that door, and it, we heard it, I think, click, I'm pretty sure. But as we were driving down Parramatta Road, which is the busiest major road in Sydney, so the M4 wasn't built then, that back door flung open. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and all of our stuff was scattered everywhere. And, you know, it was only my dad and I, I think we, I was in the front seat, and I just looked at him like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, that's and uh, thankfully there were those who God had sent along the way. And, you know, in Sydney, it's not hard because you're always stuck in traffic anyway, but there was all these people that thankfully just came and just helped us. And I'm thankful for times in my own life where God has sent people. So God can send people, right? God, as I've said, uses His Word. God uses His promises to remind us and to help us through. God uses, even at times, chastening in our lives to help us get back on track. But, but that's God. He's, God is our help. And then really, what we need to think about then is the response of that, because really when it comes to it, God is a resource and God sometimes responds in a certain way to our, to our request for help. But I wonder if we would respond correctly in that. Because sometimes I think the help is there, but we don't receive it. And, you know, sometimes in our own pride, in our own, in our own idealism, in our own head, we can sometimes tell God how we should be helped. And yet He is our help. And so there's a response of our help in Psalm 46 Again, verses 1 to 3, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. You know, you imagine that. You imagine the fear that it would strike in your heart if you're up in the mountain and suddenly everything started to shake and move. 
It says in Psalm 22, verse 11, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. And what I'm saying is, is there's a response to the help that we need, and it often just comes in, in His way. God comes through when we need Him the most. Um, you know, sometimes we ask for help with, from others, and they're just not reliable. And we've got to find a response to that. One of the first times I went over to the, the U.S., there was a big conference I was really excited about. And, you know, we, I was mindful of my budget at that time. And so I didn't want to hire a car, but my cousin was with me who has, has relatives there on his other, the other side of his family. And he said, hey, um, I've organized a ride for us. I said, that's great, you know, we were, we, where we were staying in San Diego was going to be a, a three-hour three three drive, and so I was thinking, well, that's great, I don't have to organize it, and so we were waiting there, they told us, get ready by 10 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, great, you know, the, the conference doesn't start till 6, so that means, you know, we're going to get time to, to, to go to our hotel, get changed, get freshened up, ready for this big conference, and so we were waiting there, 10 o'clock came. 11 o'clock came, midday came, 1 o'clock came, 2 o'clock came, 3 o'clock came, 4 o'clock they finally turned up, six hours late. And you know, at that point, I didn't want to respond with a smile. I was a bit mad. <laughs> and so there I was, and, and, uh, and we, we drove, and we got there just... We were, we were late, obviously, and didn't even get, get changed. And if you know anything about Baptist churches in the U.S., they immediately thought we were unsaved, lost. <laughs> and immediately I could see the eyes of the preachers following us. Pray for them, lost souls from Australia, <laughs> you know. And we sat, and guess what? And this is, this is what happens in Baptist churches. We got seated in the front row. What do you know? You know, we got seated in the front row. And there we were sitting there, I was disheveled, I was also in the flesh, mad at these people, and I was getting preached at by Paul Chapel. Anyway, but there it was, and, and you, sometimes we, we ask for help, and we want to make sure that that's the right response, that, that really it's what we need. And God comes through, actually, He's always not only available and willing, but He's trustworthy, right? God, God comes through when we need Him most. And God comes through according to His mercy. And, and, and you know, we have a God who, it, 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 as the Lord Jesus, and when He came down, He, he felt the needs. He felt the, the sorrows. He felt the anguish of humanity. And He understands. And, and now He's able to meet us in those, not, not just with second hand, but with great knowledge, knowing really that we can approach God's throne. And that's what prayer is really. When we respond in prayer, what it, what it is, it's an admission of help. You know, so many times, instead of responding and reacting, we should just pause to pray. We should just admit we need help. Isn't that one of the first steps of getting help? Is admitting you need it. And so many times, we just don't respond that way. And God comes through according to His mercy. And we ought to be people of prayer. But then, lastly... There, there ought to be a rejoicing for our help. Because as I mentioned at the beginning, sometimes we take this for granted. Sometimes we live day in, day out, and you know what? We have everything, as far as from a world standard is concerned, we have a great, we have a great country that provides for the needs that we have. 
we probably, if I look around, there's probably all, none of us here that, that had nothing in the cupboard. And maybe if that's you, it's only because you forgot to go shopping this week. It's not that we have no, no ability. No, that's given to us. And, and you know, we, we drive and we have public transport and we have other means to get around. We have all of this that we can thank God for. But you know what happens? We, we don't rejoice in our help. We sort of just take it day in, day out. And in Psalm 94, again, quickly go back there. Psalm 94, verse 17. We need, to, we need to have this mindset. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. And so he, he recognizes, unless the Lord had been my help. And I want to tell you that that's a great attitude to have. You know, sometimes we just sort of take it for granted that all of the, all of the provisions of God, that we, re, we don't rejoice anymore in the help. You know, sometimes we complain. God will provide, and it's not, it's not as much as we thought. And rather than going rejoicing, I think about the, those ten lepers. Think about how God healed all of them. And how many came back? Only one. And if that's a typical percentage, then there's a lot of us who neglect to rejoice in our help. When was the last time you just thanked God for His help? When was the last time the fact that you just thought uh, uh, thank God for being our help? When was the last time you thought about the things that you've been through, the things that you've been able to work through, and you just thought, you know, God, thank you for your help. And, and I, I believe that that's something that too many times we take for granted. We take for granted the help God affords us every day. And even this morning, whether you really realize it or not, God's helping you. And I don't know about you, but there, were it not for God's mercy, I would be consumed. There, there'd be many times, unless the Lord had been my help. There's been many times and many sorrows and many Fears that God's been able to alleviate. Why? Because the Lord is my help. And that's just the truth of it. You know, aren't you glad that God sent us a Savior to help us at our greatest need? Maybe there's been too long that you've just thought about the great salvation God has afforded you through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's the greatest help mankind needed and I'm thankful that we have God who is our help aren't you glad this morning you know I reckon if God can do do that for us if he can be our help then we ought to be ones that rejoice daily and moment by moment and then not hesitate when we do need help just like our children do sometimes to just yell out and ask for his help in our day let's pray Father, thank you, Lord, for the time this morning. Lord, we acknowledge, dear God, that there's been many times where we've needed help. And even times when we haven't explicitly asked and you've just, you've just helped us. And then, Lord, we haven't had the response. We haven't had maybe perhaps even the rejoicing that we've needed. 
And we confess, dear God, that you're a God who is our help. And we want to thank you. We want to rejoice in that. Our Father, we just want to thank you for the constancy of your help. Lord, in times of desperate need and in times where we hardly even notice it, Lord, you're a God who helps. So I pray that you'd, you'd help us now. Lord God, help us not to look at other means and resources. Lord, help us to look to you. I pray that you help us this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed.